Hey man, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood. I'm your host, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's happening? And uh, we have a, a, a first ever on Quality Manhood today, Kellen, first don't we? First time. We have actually four people in studio, counting you and I. We've got two guests with us in studio. First one in studio with us is Matt Bates. Matt, say hey to everybody. How you guys doing? That's Matt. And uh, our other guest is uh, Nathan Jovichin. Nathan, say hey to everybody. Thanks for having me. So Matt and Nathan are uh, part of our college ministry here at Compass Bible Church called The Bridge. And we asked them to come on as we're going to be talking about a retreat that we were all on recently that uh, we went on as a college <clears throat> ministry. I, I, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's not say oh. let's not say all, <laughs> so we can be specific there. That's right, because uh, Kellen actually was not there because you had a a, a baby come into your life, and yeah. uh, something like that. Yeah. Super inconvenient for <laughs> the college pastor. My my wife listens to this. Right? Does she? Probably. Well, yeah. I've I think I've told her that to her face. Too, okay, so. that's fair then. In fact, the day of when you guys dropped your kids off to go to the hospital, I think I was like, really today of all times? Like, <laughs> you were supposed to preach for me that, that I was next and then, day, and, and then even when the baby was born, it was seven days until the retreat, yeah. and you're like, y'all can come now, right? Dude, put the baby in the car, drive the car to <laughs> for the retreat, seven hours with a week old. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag soft. I mean. Um, <laughs> Anyways, we went on this retreat, we studied the subject of God's sovereignty, and that's really what we're here to talk about today, is how does God's sovereignty impact our lives? And, uh, and so guys, I wanted you to hear from, uh, from Matt and Nathan. Uh, these are two young men who are, are godly, who are in uh, college right now, and um, looking at uh, a lot of their life in front of them, Lord willing, but I wanted you to get their perspective. But before we get into it fully, we were, uh, Nathan and I were in the same car driving uh, back from the retreat, and we were uh, on the way back from Utah to California, and we're on this two-lane highway, and we were in traffic, and all of a sudden up in front, we see a Tesla. And any si- time mm-hmm. you see a Tesla, right, Nathan, your oh, eyes yeah. just kind of go to the Tesla. You got to look over it. Yeah, it's, it's like, a nice well, car. Well, yeah, who's driving that? What's going on? So we did, and uh, Nathan, what did we see in the front seat of the Tesla? So this guy has like something over his mouth, and I'm like, what, what is he, what, what is, why is he covering his mouth? And I look over and he just starts vomiting into this bag. Oh boy. And it's like, it's like it seems like there's sound effects that's going on. Like, I don't even know. It's, it's disgusting. And there's another person in the car and I feel bad for that person. Right. Um, good thing he was on autopilot though. Autopilot. I mean, that's he crazy. Heaving into it. He rolled down the window for a second. I thought he was going to throw it out, but he ended up not throwing it out. Maybe just air out the car. But yeah. good thing he had that autopilot on. Cause yeah. Ooh. That's nuts. I mean, and it cl- clearly he had autopilot engaged because he was not paying attention to the road. He's no. in the driver's seat of this Tesla and just going at it. And that he was just tooling along in traffic that way. And can you imagine being the passenger in that car? Like, That's brutal. Oh, that'd be horrible. Maybe. Like, I know autopilot exists, but maybe we pull yeah. over at that point. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, at least hey, for the just, sake of the other person. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an exit. Hey, why don't you let me drive um, <laughs> rather than the computer while you are uh, laying the back? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking up, though, crazy things people have done on autopilot, and there's, like, people who are, like, brushing their teeth in their Tesla on autopilot and doing all kinds of other stuff. People do crazy stuff even without autopilot. But when we think about autopilot, right, that, that it, it does it for you. It sets the course. You don't have to do anything. You're going to get from point A to point B with no other uh, interruptions if everything goes well, right? A lot of times as, as Christians and as Christian men, we can kind of think of God's sovereignty that way. It's like... God's sovereignty means that my life is on autopilot, that God's got everything, that uh, he's going to get me from point A to point B, and I don't need to worry about things. And there's a little bit of truth hidden in that, but then at the same time, there's a lot that just shortchanges this really rich doctrine of God's sovereignty. So uh, at this retreat, the, the three main messages looked at the areas of God's sovereignty and prayer, 
God's sovereignty and salvation and God's sovereignty and suffering. And so uh, we wanted to bring Matt and Nathan in and get some of their thoughts on that. So guys, why don't you start out by what was impactful for you when you think about God's sovereignty and prayer? The question that was asked and, and addressed in that sermon was, if God is sovereign, that is, if, if he is the ruler and the, the, the Lord over all of creation, every square inch of creation, including time and history, and he has set in place what is going to happen, then why pray? So what did you guys take away from, uh, from Pastor Lucas's message on that? Yeah, I thought that um, when he posed that question, why pray since God is sovereign? That's a, a common question that I've heard before. And it was interesting because he kind of flipped it on his head. He says, uh, the reason why we pray is because God is sovereign, because he's the one in control of all things, and we have the opportunity to go to him and, and ask things, request things from him. That is the reason behind why we should go to him in prayer rather than uh, not do that. Right. Yeah, you pray because he's sovereign. Exactly. Because he has the power to change things. He has the power to, to respond and react. If he's not sovereign, then he can't do any of that, and why bother praying? Totally. Yeah, how about you, Matt? What was uh, significant about that message for you? I think it was just it was an interesting way to look at God's sovereignty because I think too much we think of God's sovereignty as that it's just in the background. It's something that we believe in, but we don't often give the just grace of this is what's happening in our lives, and we don't give that assumption of, hey, we really understand, we really believe that this is what God's doing in our lives. So I think bringing that to the forefront and just really looking at God's sovereignty in our prayer and seeing, okay, if we're really praying to a God that can really do big things in our life, that can change things in our lives. If we really believe that, then what do our prayers look like? What's the substance of our prayers? Are we praying things that we think God can really do? Are we praying things that we, you know, believe that God will change and God will do in our lives? Or are we just praying because we know that God expects prayer from us and because God's sovereign, so our prayer won't really do that much? Right. Right. Is it just kind of a, a rote duty that we think we're just doing because we're supposed to, or do we believe that God's using our prayers in his sovereign plan to work out his plan? Kellen, what do you think about when you think about God's sovereignty and, and prayer? I know you've talked before on this platform about your salvation, and I know there were people praying for your salvation and how God was even using those prayers um, to lead you to faith in Christ. And so when you think about God's being sovereign over everything uh, and, and how prayer factors into that, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, just speaking about salvation, I just as I look back on how I was saved and all of the steps that happened in between, and just to know that there were people praying specifically, and and I'll use myself, but I'll I'll use my wife as well because I was specifically praying for her yeah. in that instance, and so that one for me, I was able to see it up close and personal. It's something I was praying for her every single day, and there were times that. They were tough because it seemed like she was taking two or three steps back. But at the end of the day, I trusted God and knew that He had a He had a plan. Yeah. Um, and some of that plan was teaching me patience. Right. Um, that I learned a lot through that, and being able to see other women come in her life and live, and me continue to pray and see Him work in that way was just simply amazing. But yes, it's interesting to see sometimes when things happen. Uh, you, you talk to certain people and they're like, hey, I was, I was praying for you on that. And you just see just the, the body of believers that uh, the power of the prayer has when uh, believers get together and they pray for certain things and, and God hears those prayers and, and they end up coming to fruition. It, it's just amazing to see God's power and his sovereignty in all of that. Right. Right, because it's not an either-or. It's not either God is completely sovereign, so why pray, or God is not sovereign and our prayer changes God's mind. No, it's both and. God... God uses our prayers to affect his will. And so, you know, God's will was for you, Kellen, in his sovereignty to pray for Chelsea's salvation. Mm -hmm. And God used those prayers 
to bring about her salvation in answer to your prayer. Uh, and it doesn't mean that, that that wasn't part of his sovereign decreed will for her to be saved, but it means that he uh, involved us in the outworking of his plan through our, our praying because he is sovereign. That's why we pray. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that we looked at, the, the second message that we had out there was considering God's sovereignty and salvation. And, uh, and this one's tricky. This one gets hard, <laughs> yeah. and this one gets uncomfortable real fast for people. <laughs> totally. uh, maybe right. for some of you guys even out there listening, you may have come from different backgrounds. But, uh, but what we taught, and, and, what I, and this was my sermon, so I'll take ownership for it 100%, but in uh, what we landed on and what I think the Bible clearly teaches is that God is sovereign over salvation, that uh, this concept of the doctrine of election is biblical. Um, that there are the elect that God chose from before the foundation of the earth to save, not on the basis of anything that we have done, but simply on the basis of his, uh, his wisdom that is, is his alone and not anything that we can fully wrap our minds around. But uh, how about Matt and, uh, and Nathan, as you guys think about that, that message and reflect back on this concept of God's sovereignty over salvation, uh, what are some things that stuck out to you about that from the retreat? I think just looking back at talking about salvation, it's interesting to see and look at in your own life of your own salvation, how sovereign God has really been to you. And you can just see God's faithfulness in your own life. But then to take that and take that step back and look at other people's lives that who we don't know if they're saved or not, or if they're, you know, part of the elect, it really takes that relief off you that you don't have the privilege or the knowledge to know who is to be saved and who's not to be saved, but you're directed to do the task at hand, which is to evangelize to those around you. I think that's just one of the biggest blessings that God continues to provide for the people that we have here, because we are to be working hard. And if we knew who was to be saved and who wasn't to be saved, that would affect the way that we work, the way that we evangelize. And I think that would change the outcome, obviously, if not of God's free will, but that would change the outcome of how people go about evangelism. Right, exactly. And so one of the things that we talked about is, is we believe in God's doctrine of election because the, the Bible teaches it. But practically, we're going to go out and we're going to share the gospel like it's it's not a, a doctrine, right? Yeah. We're going to go out there and we're going to share the gospel like everybody is part of the elect because we don't know who it is. Mm. So a lot of times people go, oh, well, you believe in election. That means you don't like evangelism. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think totally. in, instead it totally frees us up because saving somebody is not on me. I can't save somebody and I can't fail to save somebody. God is going to do that work and he's going to do that work through us as we talked about with prayer. Uh, through using us to share the gospel with those that he has chosen beforehand to save. We just don't know who, who that is. Nathan, how about for you? Yeah, I thought it was a good chance uh, where he countered some of the objections that people would have that would say, oh, if God is sovereign and he uh, chooses who's saved and who's not saved, then um, isn't God unjust in some sort of way? And we looked at uh, Romans 9, it kind of talks about how, like, who are we as God's creation to to speak back to the Creator and tell Him how things ought to be run? Like, God is the one who's in charge uh, of all things, and, and we have no right to say God is unjust in any way because uh, He is completely just. Right. And that's that's difficult for us, right? I mean, Kellen, think about that. I mean, yeah. Paul says, we are the clay, and he is the potter. And he says, what right has the clay to answer back to the potter? Why did you make me like this? Right. Man, that doesn't sit well with no. our current culture, does it? No, not at all. And, and even speaking about the culture we have, um, the, the comeback to this would be, well, I would do it differently, right? When we share the gospel, people is like, mm-hmm. well, why would God do it that way? I would do it this way. Well, the difference is, like, God, again, is, is beginning to the end, right? He knows everything that's going to happen, all we know is what's happening right in front of us right now. And so God is 
been sovereign over things that are going to happen, you know, 50 years from now, even, you know, an hour from now that are going to potentially change the course of time where we don't know. It sounds good right now. And it's like, well, what if we just, what if he just saved everybody? But that's not his plan. His, right. his, he has a plan for this side of eternity. And, and we don't know that. And that's why he commands us to go out and make disciples. And that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult doctrine. It's an uncomfortable doctrine. But one of the things that we looked at from Romans 9 as well is, uh, is Paul there at the end, he says, what if God, desiring to show his wrath and his power, prepared vessels beforehand destined for, for judgment yeah. in order to make known the riches of his mercy to those vessels that are destined for mercy? So there's a way in which really the answer to this question is, is for us to, to come to terms with the reality that this world is in our existence is not about us. And even our salvation, and men, you guys who are listening, your salvation is not about you. God didn't save you so that you would go to heaven. God saved you so that you would glorify him yeah. in being uh, saved by him. And, and those that are not saved, those that, that are, are under the punishment of his wrath, are magnifying his mercy at the same time towards those that, that are saved. And, and again, that grates against us, and, and I get it. I, I understand that you know, our, our human mindsets and, and our flesh says, but that's not what? That's fair not, not fair, fair, right? And yet, who are we? That's Paul's whole point. Who are we to look at God and say, how dare you, right? And, and so, yeah, we, we looked at this concept of God's sovereignty and salvation that, uh, again, Romans 9, men, if, if you haven't spent time in Romans 9, I would encourage you to, to today, open up your Bibles, read Romans 9. Paul lays it out so clearly there um, about how God has has use the doctrine of election for his purposes and, and for his glory uh, to save those whom he decided a, ahead of time. Uh, and, and you know, for, for those of you that are listening to this that are believers, uh, guys, praise God that he did, right? Because if it was on oh, us, man. dude, none of us would be saved, right? right. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Paul wouldn't be saved. He was like, I- I'm the foremost of sinners. Are you kidding me? If this is based on God responding to my decision... It's not happening, is it? Yeah, and I think even looking at Romans 9, the pride factor can even sink in because even if you read that and you, you, you understand it and you still look at it and say, I don't like it, well, God's making it very clear to you, right? He's making it clear what his, his plan is, um, and there are quite a few people that will look at that text and they'll continue to deny it uh, because they don't feel like it should be that way. But again, we have to look at God as the creator of this world. Uh, he's sovereign over everything. He has a plan. There's a reason behind everything that happens in this life, and we need to to understand that and and be obedient to that and and be grateful for it. Right? Yeah. We're grateful that somebody. It's not just ultimate chaos, right? right. We're grateful that yeah. God is sovereign. He's in control of everything, even though it might not seem that way to us because we have just so, sort of a, a limited view of what's going on in front of us right now, and that's it. Right. And you just said something, Kellen, God is sovereign over everything that happens to us in life. And that, that leads us to our final message that we kind of focused on big time, uh, and that is God's sovereignty over suffering, um, that God is sovereign over the, the valleys of the shadow of death that we walk through as believers. God is sovereign over the, the trials that we walk through as believers. So Matt and Nathan, uh, talk to us about that. What does that look like uh, as you guys wrestled through that and heard that message at the, uh, the retreat? What does it, it look like for you to, to think about God's sovereignty over suffering? Yeah, when I was uh, listening to that message, um, I think a big point that uh, stood out to me is that um, despite what situation we're going through, we have to choose to uh, trust God and to praise Him despite um, what our circumstances are. I know um, as men, we like to be the ones in control, um, and when things don't go the way that we expect them to or want them to, we 
try to shake our fist at God and say, what's going on? Um, but we need to trust God as hard as that um, is to say and even uh, to believe we have to trust that he is the one in control and that um, he has all this lined out for ultimately his glory in the end. And so when we're going through those difficult times, we have to choose um, to praise God for who he is and, and for what he's done in our life um, despite the difficult circumstances. Absolutely. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I think just knowing that God is in control of everything and that taking that step out and really evaluating our lives in terms of what God has provided us with, it's just that you you need to understand where God has placed you in his sovereign plan. And that's, you know, we're not to know everything. We're not to know why things happen to certain people, why things don't happen to other people, why are some people, you know, exorbitantly rich and they seem like they're having a good life from the world's perspective and some people are poor and they just don't have a lot. And we look at that and say, that is God's sovereignty. God has chosen to give that person a lot and they have a lot and that person a, a little and they don't have a lot. But it's that step of knowing that that's exactly where God's placed us and we're just living in his world. It's not our place to determine whether or not we are to have a good life because God doesn't promise us a good life. Yeah, and that's, that's true. And that's, that's easy to say in a vacuum. That's easy to say on the podcast and in the airwaves, right? Mm -hmm. But what do we do when... We're, we're talking right now and guys are listening to this who just lost their job. Guys are listening to this whose wives just had a miscarriage. Guys are listening to this who, uh, you know, just found out they've got cancer. To say, man, this is all part of God's sovereign plan for your life, it, it can almost ring hollow a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so what do we do with that? I mean, how do we take this and, and put boots on the ground with this doctrine when it comes to people that are really walking through trials right now? Yeah, one verse that comes to mind for me is Isaiah 45, 7. It says, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. So understanding that you know calamity, uh, which are trials, tribulations, those are part of the plan too. Um, and they're never easy. And I would never go out and say, uh, you know, just get over it. It's part of God's plan because they're not. They're tough. And, and God understands that. And that calamity should bring us closer to him. Uh, it should draw us near in prayer and um, fellowship and all of those things when we're going through tough times because we can't get through, through those by ourselves. And that's what we need our brothers and, and sisters in Christ during that time. The other piece of it um, I, I would always share in, in those situations um, although the timing of it is, is we, we have to be careful with the timing, right? There's a sensitivity piece of it where somebody's gotten some tough right. news and you can't just go say, well, the Bible says this. And, right. All right, there, there's that part of it as well. So always look at the timing piece of it and, and be there to listen and, and love on that person more importantly. But when, it, when that time is right, understanding that there's so much that God is doing in our lives. Right. When we talk about, you know, God's, we're not, we're not doing anything to keep our heart beating, right? We're not doing anything from keeping our brains functioning. Even the people listening to this right now, there's not, they're not in control of, of their hearing, right? God is, is, is sovereign over all of that, and those are gifts that he gives to us. So there's so much going on in our lives that sometimes when we have these hard things that happen, we forget that all the things that God is doing to sustain us every day and providing us every day. So keeping that in, in the forefront of our minds as well, on top of understanding that calamity is part of God's sovereign plan too. Yeah, and, and, and kind of like that whole idea with prayer, right? right? We pray because God is sovereign. Guys, hopefully, if, if that's you and you're just in the midst of, of a trial right now and a difficult time in life, which, uh, you know, I know uh, we've all walked through that and gone through that in our, our own lives in different ways, there's a comfort level to the fact that God is sovereign over that. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That is not just random. That is not just survival of the fittest giving you the short end of the stick. That there is a, a God who has a purpose behind this. That Paul can say, man, this light momentary affliction in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is preparing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Uh, as, as Paul continues there, he says, as we look not to the things that are seen, which are transient, but to the things that are unseen, which is eternal. And so the, the battle there for us in our minds with this is to anchor our thoughts to God's sovereign future for us, mm-hmm. that we're going to be with him, Revelation 21, in that new heavens and new earth with no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. In the meantime, man, we live in a world that's under the fall and, and under the curse. In, in a lot of ways, as men, as believers, we need to expect that this life is going to be hard. Totally. We need to expect the, the difficulties and the suffering there. Um, you know, even uh, Job, after God has, has gone through everything with him at the end there, after Job um, had begun to justify himself to his friends and, and try to defend himself, and then God shows up and speaks out of the whirlwind and says, hey, where were you when? And he goes through all of these things. And, yeah. and finally, at the end, in Job 42.1, Job says, he says this, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is it that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. That, that place of just abject humility before God, before the sovereign God saying, okay, God, I, I challenge you. I shook my fist at you, and I, I screamed, why? Why is this happening? And yet, what I needed to do was I needed to, to have a greater trust in you. It doesn't make the pain go away. It doesn't make the questions go away. We're still going to have questions. The hurt is still going to be there. But we can have the humility, hopefully, as Christian men, to say, God, I, I, I'm going to trust you, um, and I'm going to have confidence in you. So, well, men, we hope that this has been helpful for you. Nathan and Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Not only thanks are you guys yeah, uh, thank you so much. the first double guest that we've had, had in here, but the youngest that we've had in Ooh. here as well. Yeah, I um, feel old. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we appreciate your wisdom. Um, that you guys brought in. That, that was great to, uh, to hear how that impacted you. Uh, men, we'll be praying for you as you continue to think about God's sovereignty and the impact that that should have on your life as well moving forward.